0: You know who this is, Mark Schmidt. The Bonnies are now five and three in the conference. That's right, you ain't gonna stop this Boston boy from winning down the Bronx. You already know how we do it with Manny, with Poppy, with Noma, with the watches. Oh, never mind the Apple watches. forget about that. Listen, the Bonnies are back. Oshun, O'Shuniyi is back. Give all the credit to Fordham for a hard-fought college game as always, but listen, the Bonnies are back. I'm telling you, 15 and fucking three this year in the conference. We are back. You look at you with Manhattan in New York City. Your chowder, your chowder is red. Who has red chowder? Like red chowder, you gotta be kidding me. Look, the Bonnies got two wins out of four. Of course, we. Have. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about my good friend, S.B. Unfurled, and his brand new podcast. It is S.B. Unfurled and Friends. Right now you're going to hear the funny comedic stylings of Espion Unfurled and Bonner Commenter bringing you some of the most glorious and wonderful podcast sound You will hear this side of fucking Lansdowne Street, baby. That's right. The Bonny's got another podcast. And you know what's coming up on this podcast? A special announcement. The basketball tournament. Some of the guys that I coach are getting together this summer to play. Find out which one is going to be playing for the bodies this summer. Oh, yeah, let's go. Five and three. Give me that music. I love that dirty water. I'm sorry. I mean, I love the weight in that water, baby. Let's go.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the SB Unfurled and Friends Podcast. I am the friend, Commenter here. We know you are clamoring for yet another St. Bonaventure basketball podcast, and we're going to bring that to you, right, SB Unfurled?
2: That's right, man. It's good to join you on another Bonaventure podcast.
1: We have one podcast now for about every 600, 800 students probably, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, if we could each get like 600 loyal listeners, then cover 100% of the Bona population. Everyone would have their little shirts. We could have like street fights. You could represent your podcast, like kind of like West Side Story at St. Bonaventure.
1: I was thinking more of like a keg clash kind of deal, you know, (laughs) but we're not really trying to fight with any other podcast. We actually enjoy what Chucky and Schmidt talking both are doing. We're trying to bring something a little bit different to everybody here. We're just trying to, you know, try to make a little bit more of a lighter situation out of Bona's basketball because at the end of the day, like I said, a lot of people on Twitter, we're probably all not winning any national championships in the A-10. So let's just have some fun, a little bit more with it. Um, those guys do some great stuff. We want you to check them out. But we're trying to give, bring you some more different stuff that you might not get on any of the podcasts anywhere. So, um that's right. We're right now reacting right after the wonderful, wonderful job that the Bonnies did of covering on the road, and that's all we really need to talk about, right?
2: That is. Uh, I th- the cover looked awful. I had the Bonnies at minus five and it, it looked like we were just going to win by two which i would have been totally fine with and went to overtime uh kyle lofton covers for me with a couple of free throws and that's that i mean when push comes to shove it's it's a road win in the a10 it was really ugly especially the first half but you just get out of there with the win you get the hell out of the bronx get back and get ready for homecoming
1: yeah get out of the bx i mean like I don't want to get too dive in too much in the gambling aspect of things. That is the bad beat of the night, by the way, if you did have Fordham. But um I actually had him us minus six. So it was a little bit a little bit less luckier than you, but I still covered so. If you take Fordham uh, If that. you take
2: Fordham to cover against the Bonnies, then you deserve to lose anyway. I, I never want to talk about this game. I don't want our players to talk about it. I don't want our coaches to watch it. We can't have our players uh coaches melting like the bad guys and raiders of the Lost Ark. We also just, in general, don't, of course, want them to be Nazis either. So okay. we just need to, we just need to gloss over this game. I think.
1: I was thinking this was going to be like that Canisius game where I'm just, I'm just miserable this whole second half, or oh, not the whole second half because we actually tried attacking for a little bit there, which was. Which was kind of fun, but other than that, like it was just—I mean,
2: it shouldn't have been a game we had to sweat out at all. Like going into it, I had all the makings of just one of those dull Wednesday night games. I'm just kind of watching alone on my couch. We cruised to a victory, uh, but that wasn't close to the case. It was—it it was one of like the worst Bona performances I've seen, not counting you know 15 or so years ago when we just didn't have the guys to compete.
1: I think my MVP of the night, if it's not going to be Dom Welch, it's got to be Bonna Fanatic who was repping hard in the Bronx on Rose Hill tonight. He—I don't know where he was, but he was definitely trying to lead the charge with some of the fans there.
2: Yeah, he's a New York City guy, so I'm—I'm I'm sure he was there. I'm—I sure, hopefully he was a little lubed up for the game. Uh, I didn't see him, but yeah, there's a decent bonnet contingent as as we thought there would be in Fordham.
1: Definitely, it's our second home in New York City after the Barclays as well, because we get more people at the Barclays because it's more of a one-off event, but still it's for a Wednesday night. I mean, we had like, we had to have close yeah. to like 500 people there.
2: Yeah. Were there more Bona fans in Fordham than <laughs> Duquesne fans Look, in Pittsburgh? I to say for that Dana. one picture
1: that PD Buckets, our good, our good George Mason fan, we'll get to Mason later on in the pod. But um, that picture that he shared of the entire, End zone at the uh, PPG Paints Arena. I don't think that really showed the whole crowd there. I didn't watch a second of that game, of course, because I was watching us. But like, I do feel like the way they set up those uh, basketball arenas, they want everybody on the TV base or TV sideline behind both of the team benches.
2: Yeah, that. I mean, I'm hoping to get down to Pittsburgh. There should be a lot of Bona fans. We actually play them at Robert Morris. I'm not expecting there to be many. Duquesne fans at that game at all. I want to try to get down to it. We'll see.
1: That's actually next Saturday. You're going to head down to that? I'm not going to be able to go to that one. I haven't been to a Duquesne game down there yet, but I'd like to go see uh, the new arena when they open that up. And, you know, I'll have maybe a whole section of myself like we usually do.
2: Yeah, going to Moon PA to watch a game against Duquesne and Robert Morris sounds really depressing. But if we're on like a three-game win streak, it's a big game for us. Like it'll have implications seating wise probably. So I would like to get down there. I haven't been to a road A-10 game this year. So that'll be the one I can hopefully it's, get to. It's
1: also Schmidt's home. I mean, old home. He used to coach there. I think that'll that'll come in handy. But we're kind of previewing a game that's like, what 10 days away i don't know if we want to do that right now
2: (laughs) no let's let's wait on that we don't have to get into that
1: yeah (laughs) no 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 you were actually at the last uh home game with the roadie i wanted to stay home and just watch the absolute honorific just beautiful dr g dr giannini i don't know how he could not coach LaSalle, but he is a glorious announcer.
2: So is he like the Tony Romo of the A10 at this point?
1: He's not really like predicting plays, but he's definitely at that point. Like he 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 knows it. He knows he the shit. Man. Br- he, he breaks
2: the it. stuff down in a way that you can really understand. Like if if you don't know the game that well he'll break it down for you. He knows the shit like you said, and he just makes the game pretty, he's a great color commentator. I think he makes it pretty enjoyable to watch.
1: Now we were talking after that game. Of course, the Bonnies did end up losing that, but towards the end, I think Fats and Langevin. I know on the mm-hmm. cast, they showed, uh, both of them kind of making a few faces over at the students behind the, uh, in the end zone there. What, what did you happen yeah. to see?
2: I did. I did see that actually, uh, Normally, when we lose those tough games, I don't even like looking at the other team because it just pisses me off. Once in a while, I'll have to look up and see. Um, The students, of course, were pretty good that game. They were giving it to Roadie the entire game. Afterward, it looked like uh, Langevine was just kind of waving at the student section. He was saying stuff. He was waving goodbye. Uh, Fats Russell was doing the same thing. They were just kind of drawing back and forth with the student section, it looked like.
1: Kind of interest in how they're just gonna keep John at the students like after the game. Like I remember like having guys like Juan Fernandez from Temple and Two Holloway from Xavier a few years back doing some shit like that. Like I don't know. Have you seen it? What other stuff like that have you seen?
2: Actually, at UB, uh, the the guys on the bench when Ocean picked up his fifth foul were like waving goodbye to Oshun and that took it to another level. I, I think that was just kind of bullshit on their part. Uh like you're not even on the floor. You're you're on the bench. Oshun gets his fifth foul and gets disqualified from the game and they're just waving at him. Uh it was kind of disrespectful. As far as Langevine and Russell waving at the crowd, it pisses me off in the moment, but then you kind of sleep on it and you're thinking about how we love and share the the gifts of Jalen Adams waving to VCU and Mobley saying bye-bye to, I think it was like Rhode Island. Like when Bona players do it, we love it. It's awesome. We love when they, they have that confidence and swagger in in away arenas. I don't know if there's anything better. So after sleeping on, it's kind of just like, we love when our guys do it. They're doing it to our fans. It's, it's, I just kind of got over it the next day.
1: You know, that does kind of remind me of like some of the stuff. I know it's outside the A-10, but what Duke and Pitt were kind of going back and forth with the other day, uh, where some of the students were chanting at Jeff Capel, who used to be a Duke player. They're telling him, sit with us. And then Coach K just absolutely lost his damn mind, which it didn't make sense to me because it's like, there are far worse things that you could chant at like a former player who's now coaching an opponent. Like... We I remember a few years ago when Jim Barron was coaching both Rhode Island and Canisius that plenty of people were saying shit to him. I think we even chanted unemployment at him at one point when he was about to get fired from, uh, I guess that would be roadie that he almost got fired from. It's like, I think that was a little too overreactionary by uh, Coach K.
2: Yeah, and we were chanting, I think it was Mac player at Billy Barron when, when he moved over to Canisius from Rhode Island.
1: You got to give it to the coach's son, though. I mean, that's that's an obvious. No matter who the coach is. Yeah, I, I
2: saw Coach K's press conference after, and the chants he was coming up with were so dumb. Uh, I don't know if we can get that audio and put it on here, but he was like <laughs> trying to
1: let's go dude. <laughs> that's basically what it was like. I tweeted right afterwards. I'm like, "Yo, we got to hear that with." Let's let's go, Bana's like, in the, the ball. most weak ass way possible. We got to hear that against Nate yeah. and the GW in the next five days. I mean, that would be slightly better than the uh, the whole "you are ugly" thing with foul shots, right?
2: Anything, anything would be better than that. It's extremely uncreative, and they're usually chanting at guys who aren't really even like. Yeah, Terrible I mean, looking,
1: that's, that's true. It's I'm not really that's the thing. It's like I'm so used to that chant being so stupid. I'm just like, is this person even like anywhere out of the ordinary looking? Like, I don't want to sit here like gr- grading people, what good or bad. It's just like, yeah. you want to do a hot, hot or not for the A10? Is that what
2: we're I, do. With this? I want to do that? I got so bored over the summer, obviously, because I created the entire A10 on 2K. I was actually going to do a 64 person. Hottest Bonnie and it, it like each region was going to be one was going to be the 70s, one was going to be the 80s, like number one seed Barry Mungar, the 90s, number one seed David Vanderpool, 2000s, number one seed Michael Davenport. We were going to do we were going to do hottest Bonnie's.
1: I think you got to add five playing games to that though.
2: We can add playing games.
1: Well, you have 64, you got to add five more playing games.
2: I, I'll have to go back and there's a there's an account now, random Bonnie's, and he tweeted oh, this guy me. from like the 80s. No
1: not letting you talk about him you do follow me nah get him out of here get him out of here
2: but the guy he posted the Bona player he posted i can't remember who it was he looked like he looked like a superhero he looked he had this like chiseled jaw like no student section would ever chant you are ugly at this guy i don't think he even got on the floor but
1: would they chant you aren't ugly
2: you aren't ugly yeah you are hot. That's probably what they would chant. Uh, but no, they just, they'll just chant it at anyone. It's kind of uncreative. Be better. Think of, like I tweeted the other day with that awesome game like 19 years ago when we kicked the shit out of Rhode Island. They had Stefan Marbury's brother. <laughs> the, the fans were on that, that kid the whole game. It was awesome. But get creative. Let's get beer hat guy on here and lead the Before charge get
1: okay boomer on this shit which i already saw i'm only saying that because yeah that joke's like mad old for like a few months ago but like somebody got somebody tweeted some criticism of uh the whole you are ugly chant today and they got okay boomer and i'm just like man
0: no like, no, no. That's not how. no starts. i'm
2: not saying to not like i'm not being like oh don't be mean you have to be nice i'm saying get creative like look up people and and like, look up their history and get creative with stuff. Try to really get in their head.
1: So, um, we're in the middle of recording this, and GW and Davidson are in a quadruple overtime game. I don't know how this game's going to end, and I don't really want to talk about how it's going to end. It, it went was 4 OT. ridiculous. And our good friend Cam Newton from Mid Major Madness was talking about how we got to get a Firebomb McKelp billboard.
2: <laughs> I need to pull this game up.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see how that one ends. But um, we're going to be playing not only GW and uh, next Wednesday, but we're also going to be playing George Mason. So we got the two uh, Colonial teams back-to-back there again. And actually, Mason on Saturday is going to be alumni weekend. You pumped for that?
2: I am, yeah. I'm planning on throwing back a bunch of them with, with some buddies. Obviously going to hit up the hickey at some point. Go see Lou, get some insight from him on what he thinks. See if his favorite player is still Justin Winston. Uh the bars should be packed. I I I'm, I'm pumped, man.
1: Yeah, it should be good. I mean, it's kind of good that the Bills did not pull out that game against the Texans and then just like kept going on to the Super Bowl, which who knows that that would ever even freaking happen. But like this is also Super Bowl weekend. So I wonder how I've never s I do not think I've seen a Super Bowl weekend fall on the same day as alumni. I weekend. don't know about
2: alumni weekend. I remember Super Bowl Sunday several years ago. Jalen Adams hit a, a game-winning buzzer beater against St. Louis, and that was great because the game was at, like, two, and you could kind of drink for that and get started. It was a great ending, obviously, and then you could just kind of roll it over into the Super Bowl. Um,
1: yeah, I missed that. Like, we don't have the, the whole – NBC Sports triple header that like feeds into the last bit of like all the Super Bowl bullshit coverage that happens at five o'clock where like Mike Tirico whoever are like interviewing like God yeah. knows what celebrity like we're just going right into the Super Bowl this year with no no random a ten games come on I want to see I want to throw two hundred down on Lasalle Florida yeah. for the Super Bowl because clearly this not enough for build NBA, off right?
2: that that ridiculous a <laughs> ten bet uh, build off on some good prop bets. What's your favorite prop bet for the Super Bowl?
1: I haven't looked at many, but I always take the under in the national anthem, and it always Shit. All works right. Gotta see I always it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to bet the national anthem this year. I'm going to get really crazy with it because I've been doing okay. But back to your point, yeah, uh, I'll probably be pretty hungover for the Super Bowl. I'm planning on making it a late-night alumni weekend and just eating a bunch of like pizza hungover and watching. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I think they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'll have to see what the line will be at that time because, you know, it's minus uh it's minus one, so who knows how that game will go. But in terms of George Mason, I think this will be a much more interesting game because they're down one of their best players. I believe, still. Yeah, he's
2: out for the year. He's done. <clears throat> His career's over, I think, so that sucks.
1: Is that is that definite? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's true.
2: You got a LaSalle-Duquesne game on Super Bowl Sunday, man. I just looked. Oh, we do. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania game. Yeah. So, this so is good. where we
1: start turning the corner and the yeah. Dukes will start being for real. Although they almost beat Dayton tonight. So yeah. they kind of are for real.
2: <laughs> they, I, I didn't watch it, but it, I mean, if you keep Dayton, if you keep within four points of Dayton, then yeah, you got some players, but uh, yeah, that'll be on Super Bowl Sunday and Groundhog Day. If you can get in bets on whether or not Punxsutawney Phil will see his shadow. I don't know. Is that know. game in
1: Duquesne or LaSalle? Because that's a wild day in Western New- or Western PA. It's in,
2: yeah. It's in Duquesne.
1: Ah, oh, there you go. You go to the, you go to Punxsutawney, and then you head down the road, and you go to uh, Pittsburgh or wherever the hell they're playing, whatever random parking lot outside the PNC, yeah, uh, field or whatever.
2: My dad's from Punxsutawney, so I've been there no many way. times. Yeah, like my childhood vacations weren't to Disney World. I would go to Gobbler's Knob as a kid in the summer and just stare at this like rodent. Instead of Mickey Mouse. (laughs) So, yeah, I I know all about uh, Groundhog Day.
1: Yeah, so getting back to Mason. So what do you think is going to happen with this now that Kyer's out, basically?
2: Well, in Kyer's absence, this Javon Green kid has been going absolutely crazy. He had two back-to-back 30-point games. Uh, He's just a good lefty scorer. Uh, He's a guard. They have another good kid, uh, Jordan Miller. Uh, they they have some decent players. I just feel like Schmidt always has Paulson's number. Uh, I, I always think George Mason is going to be pretty good, and they kind of underachieve a little bit, I think. Uh, so I'm never really scared of George Mason, especially at home on homecoming. I mean, this is a team we already... Kind of handled. So now that we're back to full health,
1: we just got not spot them fifteen points like we did. Yeah, last exactly. We ended up being plus twenty seven after that. So it's like, and I, I'm,
2: yeah, I, I say full health. Honestly, in that roadie game, I I noticed like Lofton holding his back a little bit. Um, I don't know if he tweaked it, but he sure as hell did not look anywhere near a hundred percent today. I don't think he was playing at a hundred percent. I mean, he's for. He was zero for nine. Didn't have obviously didn't have a bucket. He didn't have his first point until I think it was like four oh nine left. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you can get some treatment if he is sore, and and we can all be a hundred percent for homecoming.
1: Yeah, and I was looking back on the average margin of victory for us back in our preview from earlier this month. Uh, the average margin of victory for us is twelve points against uh-huh. them. In the A10 since 2013, 2014, when they joined, and we won by 12 down mm-hmm. there. So the average is still 12, guys. <laughs> I hope you uh, can add that one up, and hopefully we can get another double-digit victory there because it's like you don't even want to really uh, stress out that. No, one. I don't
2: want to sh- to sweat that one out. Like we should have never.
1: You got to be back at the Burton by six o five.
2: We we shouldn't we shouldn't have to be trading blows with an injured Fordham team is one six. We shouldn't. Had to be trading blows at home on homecoming against a pretty banged up Mason team who we've had the number of uh, since they joined the A10. I'm hoping for a, a, a easy victory.
1: Yeah, and then GW is next, and we actually just got the score in here. Then <laughs> they won in oh. quadruple overtime over Davidson. Final score is 107 to 104. How about that? Mayhem, Did they hit man? the
2: over on that?
1: I think they probably like doubled the over basically.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I was being sarcastic. I think if you had the over, you're pretty safe on that one. Uh, but GW, I mean, they're, they're young, but they're the one team that they, I feel like they're putting it together and they're going to be good in a couple years that Jameer Nelson's son, uh, who was going to go to St. Joe's who was really, really bad until they fired Phil Martelli and, jameer nelson senior i feel like got pissed and he was like screw this i'm going to gw he's a good player they got that arnell potter kid who's a good player like i they have some pieces they're they're young like we were last year but i think they'll be pretty good in a couple years
1: yeah i think so we just gotta watch out for that mayhem because that guy ryan we cannot let him get over on us he keeps putting us like Top three in the A10, and their his mayhem rankings, and the top two are usually George Washington and St. <laughs> and, and Louis is
2: definitely last every time.
1: Yeah, man. Of course, yes. which I completely support. And of course, we're just talking about some guy on Twitter that has like eighty followers. So yeah, give him more followers. Ryan Pulio three. I
2: liked when he was at sixty nine followers. I know, man. Now, now, kind of, yeah, I know. yeah, we kind of ruined that. Unfortunately, just get him to one sixty
1: nine. Here's the three. That's good. That's good. Hey, you want to get in some Seinfeld?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is what people came here for, me comparing Seinfeld to the Joker movie. So if you aren't uh, a great fan of Seinfeld, who remembers the crazy Joe DiVola arc, and or you have not seen the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, which is awesome, you will have no clue what I'm talking about now. But I, I found a a pretty interesting article, I thought, that was I thought it was pretty funny, so I, I'm just literally going to read it, and hopefully I don't uh, like bore people too much, but I thought it was interesting, so let's get into it. Uh, the crazy Joe Devola arc in Seinfeld is basically the same plot as Joker. This is going to be one of those introductions that begins with some vague reference to something that sounds familiar and obvious. Then, all of a sudden, blammo, you're blindsided by something the author thinks you weren't expecting, but you totally were. You know, kind of how people on Twitter will show you a picture of Trump and standing next to a child and the caption will be something like, oh, look, it's a child and a kid who just entered third grade. Only in reality, you're sitting there thinking, "Um, I read this, the title of this. I already know you're going to compare Joker to Seinfeld. So, yes, I spared us all that here. You're welcome. But, yes, uh, it was this past Sunday night and here in New York City, skywriting, it says, like most places, seinfeld airs in syndication i wanted to watch something that would bring my adrenaline levels down so i could at least attempt to sleep after the kansas city chiefs i went to high school in kansas city and it's been two days and i still can't believe they won made their first super bowl in my lifetime anyway i started to watch seinfeld and unfortunately other than the much maligned final episode my least favorite storyline was airing crazy joe devola it's so weird Here's a show that's whole existence was predicated on being about nothing. And a multi-episode run is about how there's a mentally disturbed and violent man stalking Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer. So there I was on Sunday, (laughs) watching one of the few Seinfeld episodes I dislike, just stewing to myself about how I hate this whole crazy Joe DiVola arc. Larry David reportedly based DiVola on eventual Smallville producer Joe DiVola. Yes, very subtle. And then it hit me. Oh, yes, I dislike this arc because it's the same plot as Todd Phillips' Joker. It really is kind of uncanny. When we first meet Crazy Joe Davola, he's a failed comedy writer who blames Jerry for his lack of success. Arthur Fleck, Joker, is a failed comedian who eventually blames Robert De Niro's Murray Franklin for his failures. Crazy Joe Devola then grows obsessed with a woman he'll never be with going as far as to drape her photos across his apartment, eventually leading to a disturbing scene where crazy Joe Davola corners Elaine in his apartment. And I just watched this on YouTube without the laugh track. It is very creepy. But Arthur Fleck grows obsessed with his neighbor, which eventually leads to a confrontation in her apartment. Also, crazy Joe D'Avola, his doctor, openly worries that Joe has stopped taking his medication, which will make him more violent. Arthur Fleck stops taking his medication, which makes him more violent. Crazy Joe DeVola literally dresses up like a clown one night and is confronted by three men in Central Park. Crazy Joe DeVola fights them all and wins. Arthur Fleck is dressed up as a clown and is confronted by three men on the subway. Arthur Fleck winds up shooting and killing all three of them. At one point Jerry performs and dances to the This Is It Looney Tunes theme. It says nothing to do with Joker, but I'm going to sub this in for Joker's dance down the stairs. And then the weirdest thing. I think this is the last one. Okay, maybe tied with the fact that Crazy Joe DeVille dresses like a clown at the end of Joker, Arthur finally confronts Murray Face to face during a taping of a show live with Murray Franklin. And if you haven't seen The Joker, these are these are going to be spoilers, by the way. Arthur eventually attacks and kills Murray. Oh,
1: I haven't seen the Joker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Well, now you don't need to. Just watch Seinfeld. I
1: mean, I pretty much got the distance from everybody on social media being like, this is white male rage. So, I mean, yeah. I was really planning on seeing it anytime soon.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, after... So, so Joker kills... Murray Franklin on his show live with Murray Franklin crazy Joe DiVola confronts Jerry Seinfeld at a taping of Jerry's television pilot Jerry crazy Joe DiVola jumps out of the stands to attack, attack Jerry while yelling six Emperor Tyrannus <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld survives this encounter but both Murray and Jerry are attacked while filming a television show look everyone says Joker might owe a creditor to the taxi driver which is a great movie old seventies movie with Robert De Niro and the King of comedy. But I'm starting to think Joker might also owe a credit to Larry David. So my question to you, what, what, uh, what Bonnet personality best fills fills, uh, a Seinfeld story Are Can you think of any, like, like is, is it Bobby Planudis telling a co-ed in the bookstore that he's a Marine biologist devoting himself entirely to the lie only to have it backfire on poor Boca Bobby and throw him into a very public and distressing moment of truth.
1: See, when I first heard this question from you before this, um, it, the first thing that came to mind was the episode when Kramer gets like the, the test car at a dealership, and he just drives it all the way when it's on E and just keeps driving yeah. and driving and driving. And driving. Yeah. That's yeah. basically Coach Schmidt's philosophy with Kyle off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's making Kyle often drive on empty to like Philadelphia. <clears throat> yeah.
1: I mean, I was looking <laughs> back on the game logs, and I thought he only played like thirty minutes against Dayton and uh, VCU in those debacles. He put up thirty-five in both those games. I'm like, oh, I'm sure. Those, I'm sure those games are over within the first fifteen minutes, at least, if not.
2: So that is a games, good one, man. Like <laughs> what about? Uh, what about? jaron english becoming obsessed with hatching a scheme to profit off his home state of michigan's 10 cent bottle deposit and stealthily stealthily collecting cans around campus with robert carpenter (laughs) he like shows up to robert's dorm room and robert's like jared you magnificent bastard you did it let the collecting begin and they're going around to like the hickey and like picking up soda bottles and stuff so
1: whenever they start inevitably paying players more um are we just going to start recruiting a bunch of guys from michigan and iowa and hawaii where they can do that bottle and can redemption thing because i think those states are all the 10 cent states
2: <laughs> i thought it was just michigan but yeah well, i don't know I'm just I, I like...
1: whenever i see like a beer or soda can like whatever yeah. i think it's like three other ones
2: yeah let's get more detroit muscle man jaron's been killing it
1: no, I know he has been. been. He was starting to drive even against Fordham. That was really helpful.
2: Yeah. I mean, tonight, like 38 minutes, he, he didn't he didn't shoot that well, but he was just making really nice passes like in transition. He seems to always know where the right guy is, where the right pass to make. He plays smart. I feel confident with him out there. I, di- I didn't expect him. Like I expected him to play, but I didn't expect him to be like this 38-minute-a-game starter for us right off the bat.
1: No, that's true. He's doing a he's doing a great job there. We were actually gonna launch this back on Monday before or after the URI game. But honestly, both you and I were pretty upset about the Kobe Bryant death because mm. even though neither of us are Lakers fans, I mean I grew up a, a Kobe Laker hater. Right. But he had such a an impact on the game. Yeah. It's just it's just incredible. I honestly was like, how am I going to write a goofy ass preview of a Fordham basketball Mm -hmm. game? When I've been just for the last two and a half days, just hearing how, you know, how this is just a loss. Him and his daughter was just such a loss for the game of basketball. I I don't want to get too far into this because everybody's heard so much about it. And I don't want to end on a sour note, but I just want to explain, like we were about to launch this podcast, but we like, we figured it was a little bit in better taste to kind of, wait a little yeah I was
2: actually like recording something for it and I mean I'm not gonna lie I was super hungover Sunday morning after the roadie game I came out to like get a drink of water my mouth was getting dry and I just sat there and I, I looked at my phone I had a text message from a friend and it was just like a TMZ article I was like oh god what the hell did Antonio Brown do now you know and I click on it and like the first three words that pop up are Kobe Bryant dies. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like the shock that comes over you when you read something of that man. I, I can't remember a death like this shocking, certainly in the sports world. I don't even know. Like I was way too young when princess Diana died, obviously wasn't alive when like John yeah. Lennon died, but this is like, yeah. you, it, you see it on the tv and it says kobe bryant like 1978 to 2020 and you just see him and it just doesn't seem real like i just i was just at angie's the night before watching lebron pass him and then like the next day like he's gone it's so it's so crazy so i I don't know
1: and it's like if you had told me a few days beforehand like i would not have like thought I would be, like, this broken up about it, because I'm like, oh, yeah, Kobe, like, he's a cool guy, but, like, you know, life kind of moves on, but, like, you just see between him and his daughter how much, like, the game has lost, and, like, how much our kids and grandkids will lose, because it seemed like how much... It seemed like he was really dedicated to growing. Yeah,
2: and, like, that little video, Kobe was still very much in like the minds of people for one reason or another that video of him kind of coaching his daughter on the sideline popped up on twitter like over and over i kept seeing it and people were like not making fun of it but just like subs doing oh i wonder what kobe's saying it would be something funny
1: uh yeah, see him uh, yeah.
2: and then a couple of weeks later like they're both gone and it's it's so it's so sad it's just i i'm still shocked about it uh i probably will be for a while
1: Yeah, I didn't want to end on that downer note, though. So I guess um, we got to look at our final forecast here before we get on. Yes,
2: (laughs) because everyone's always making fun of Olean and how cold it is and how it's, you know, in the middle of nowhere or whatever. Yeah, so I figured I would compare Olean's weather when they have home games to the other games going on. So what we have, the low of the weekend, Olean, New York, 36 and cloudy on Saturday. That's not actually too bad. Maybe it'll rain a little bit
1: rain in January for February 1st. Damn. Wow. (laughs) Uh,
2: Philadelphia PA, I believe it's St. Joe's, uh, hosting St. Louis 44 and rainy, disgusting weather Pittsburgh PA, which we talked about earlier. This is on Sunday 44 and partly sunny. Not too bad. That feels like a March Brooklyn tournament weather. And Oh, we have two more Richmond, Virginia, we have, who do we have? We have the Spiders hosting GW. And that will be 50 and rainy getting up there. But the high for the weekend, the winner, the team that just lost in four overtimes at GW, the Davidson Wildcats. Who are they hosting? They're hosting UMass. It's going to be mid 50s and sunny. Oh, so, man.
1: Fake Jared Kushner's going to get out the maroon uh, shorts there.
2: Oh, God, if fake Jared Kushner, Matt McCall ever wears shorts on the sidelines and we have to be exposed to his tiny calves, I will not be happy. But Davidson, uh, he's, the he's high. wait
1: until he gets the Cape Cod to rock that stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, like the short shorts and the boat shoes. I could see that. So Davidson, the high for the weekend, Olean the low. It's not too low, though. It's going to be a 36 for homecoming. Not too bad. Well,
1: hopefully, we keep that outside and not inside, and we get a couple more wins so we can get up to seven and three in the conference.
2: Yes, Dom Welch, the sword of Damocles, has been sharpened. He was one of fourteen during that losing streak from three. Definitely a cold streak. He sharpened the sword. He was four of seven tonight, and he is going to keep that up on Saturday. I
1: heard slaughter. They're going to be having uh, Welch's grape juice and their jungle juice after, after that performance. Oh,
2: good. I remember those days. God dangerous. Yeah.
1: We were about to get out of here, but I forgot one final thing that coach Schmidt told us about. Our next TBT player, right, Unfurled?
2: That's right. We have a commitment and in a much-needed position, the TBT team. It's actually exactly six months away. We're halfway through the year as far as the TBT schedule goes. We really needed a ball handler. And we got one. Ogo Adeboye, if you remember him. He, at one point in his Bonnet career, was averaging over 40 minutes a game, like something you would think Lofton might be able to do. But he was like that guy back then. He was the Iron Man. He uh, actually got hurt last year, came out of retirement recently. He's playing in the highest league in England for the London Lions. Uh, And he looks really good. He's one of those guys that just keeps improving. He still looks quick. Uh, we needed a we needed a, a good point guard, and Ogo is going to be joining us uh, this summer for the TBT.
1: Nice. I cannot wait because you know I'll be jonesing for some Bonnies basketball in, in July, right?
2: Yeah, it's a dead time. It's around the time where you're really starting to miss the Bonnies. You're just looking like refreshing for recruits or some random info. And we're going to have a full squad of Bonne guys like back in brown and white to to represent St. Bonaventure. It's going to be really fun.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the SB Unfurled and Friends podcast. We're going to start doing some more of these as we get towards the end of the season. We're hopefully going to get some more wins that we can talk about. Some better ones in this Fordham one, of course. <laughs>
2: yeah we got uh the schedule is opened up for us i i don't see why we can't have eight or nine wins heading into that valentine's day date with davidson
1: oh man that will be great <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for joining us have a good day